0: Me to flats to dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect
1: fly rod. Yeah, and get ready for some magic.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I got one! Oh, damn, I got him! I got him! I got him! Join
1: Bonefish and Tarpon Trust.
2: Nice fish!
1: And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Bonefish Tarpon Trust, a beer for you know what time it is, it's the Monday Night Kickoff show. I'm your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me as always, my co host, man mitchell mythologies himself, Happy Vidal. What's up, brother? What's
0: happening, man? Back after uh back after a couple weeks, I think. I think I've been off for a couple weeks. I think, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. You got to have a vacation every now and again. Yeah, well, I, you know, I wouldn't call it a vacation because when duck season rolls in, which <laughs> that's exactly what's happened. It's not exactly a vacation because it seems like it's sleepless nights. It seems like I have like two or three hours sleep every single night. <laughs>
1: yeah, I got you. I got well, you. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. How's it been? How's, I mean, we kind of talked briefly before the show, but just tell everybody kind of how you've been doing and yeah
0: it's been all right well, it's been all right duck season's been okay the first two weeks of the uh first week of the season um it's it's been all right um it's been good, you know can't complain I mean have our good days Our really really good days, and then we've had some other days that um been maybe you know pretty slow one or two ducks that we kill and stuff, but that's usually usually when it's like that's because we're checking a new area out or something like that and we want to see what's there. We sort of know going into it that there's the possibility of it being like that. But let me tell you, man, but it's just it's just one of those things, man. It's 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 a beautiful it's just one of those beautiful type of sports there is. Like the, the hunt is just duck hunting. That's why I've been doing it since I was 5 years old pretty much in the blind with my dad and didn't start hunting until about 8 years old. But it's just, it, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think I'll ever stop unless, you know, I can't walk anymore. Um, even if we don't kill a duck, you know, just being out there. It's just, just one of those things, waking up that early in the morning, 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning, be out there in the blind, be out there before the sun comes up, see the sun come up, see all the birds, you know, flying, the whole stuff and everything like that, see all the different stuff going on out there. Um, it's just nice, you know. But... Yeah, I have. Uh, we have plenty of duck poppers for the future, though. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's always a, always a welcome treat at any of the little excursions that we do. have does his duck poppers, and they're, they're darn near world famous by now. So, uh, yeah. yeah, good deal, man. Good deal. I know what you're talking about, though. You know, the the anticipation of being able to go and 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 do something that I mean, is truly. I think in in a lot of ways, probably probably your obsession more so than a passion. I mean, I think you're pretty much obsessed with that kind, of, right?
0: It really is. It's it act it it's more of, like you said. It's an obsession. It really is. Once it gets to that point, it is an obsession. And even if you know there's no birds out there, it's one of those things that you know. It's say the birds aren't here or something like that, and it's crappy. You know, it might be crappy tomorrow. You still do it. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. You're still gonna do it. It's it, you're obsessed. You know, it comes in obsession.
1: Yeah. Well, eventually, I'm gonna I'm gonna partake in one of these excursions. Uh, I think I might go do some snipe hunting this upcoming Monday. Um, whether I should say, this following Monday. Um, i was d- invited to go do some. Could do some snipe hunting and I haven't done that in quite some time. Uh never shot
0: at ducks
1: but uh I definitely killed my fair what? share of snipe.
0: Yeah, once you do it, Chuck, it's one of those things, once you shoot a, once you go duck hunting and you get that that happened, I'll tell you right now, my front door uh my neighbor across the street, um, Jake's never been duck hunting or anything like that. <clears throat> and um this weekend He ended up getting his licenses. He ended up getting his whole works. He did everything that he had to do in order to go duck hunting. And he went for the first time this weekend. He went on Saturday. And first flock of birds that came by, three birds came by. And I tell them, all right, here they come, you know. Here come these three birds. I'm not even going to shoot. You know, I'm going to let you shoot. Remember to lead them. And, you know, I gave them a little little lesson beforehand on what he's got to do when these birds come in. Let me tell you, man, the first flock of birds that came in, he knocked one out of the sky. He knocked one out. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, I can't believe this shot of bird on your first flock of birds that came in like that. And he was all stoked and everything like that. And he was all – he couldn't believe it and stuff. I go, you know what, buddy? I go, you did that. Now I guarantee you, you're done. I told him just like that. I go, you're done. I go, now, from here on out, you're going to want to buy all your duck hunting stuff. You're going to want to buy all the things you need, and you're going to be ate up. You're going to be ate up with it. And sure as hell, that same night, he was calling me because he was at Fast Pro Shop looking at shotguns. <laughs> so, it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, he was he was over there looking at shotguns like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, oh, man. <laughs>
1: That's it, man. You
0: got, you got him hooked. Yep. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Well,
1: like I say, uh, I've I've never done it. I know it's addicting. I, I can't wait to get out there and give it a try. Um, I'm actually really excited about the opportunity to possibly go do some snipe hunting. I used to do, I used to snipe hunt from time to time, down in uh, down in Melbourne, down on Lake Washington. We'd go out into the marsh out there. We'd shoot some snipes there, and then uh, where else did we go uh upper St John's and stuff like that,
2: but so, man that was
1: a that was kind of a crazy that's definitely a crazy bird hunt if you have never seen a uh, jump up and take off they are like fighter jets in the way they kind of zigzag and dip and dive, and man, they just they're fast <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind man, yep first could be. And they will humble you very quickly. So, you know, if you if you're a decent shot, you get lucky a couple times. If you're a good shot, you know you'll pin them down. But if it's if it's if it's your first time sniping, my first time sniping was pathetic. I mean, uh, it was bad. I went through a lot of shells and had very little to show for it.
0: But anyhow, yeah, that's cool. It's man. It, it's well, a it's a great. Let me tell you that hunting, I used to do it with my dad, Chuck, years ago, and I had not done it. Like I used to before, you know, I used to do it a lot with him. And I, ever since then, you know, it's been years since I've done a real snipe hunt. But it's a beautiful hunt. The way those birds fly, like you said, they're like little freaking rockets, you know, that take off. And and they zigzag all over the air, like you're saying and stuff. I mean, it's just amazing the way those things fly. Um, what, I'll, I have a snipe hunt that I will never forget. I'll tell you this story real quick. had a snipe hunt years I was probably somewhere around twenty years old, somewhere around there. I took a friend of mine out. Um never been snipe hunting before, never done this thing and he wanted to do it. He says he'd been wanting to do it, dying to do it, all this stuff. He had a shotgun, the whole stuff and everything. I go, all Right, let's go. Let's do it, man. Took him out there. We start walking the marsh, start walking along the the mud and stuff like that. Get ready to lift him up and everything like that. He's walking next to me, we're walking side by side all of a sudden these snipes take off, like about two or three snipes get up. Chuck, I swear I thought I was gonna die there. I could not believe what I saw. Yeah. He hit that shotgun. He put it on his hip and started shooting from his hips. <laughs> I could not believe what I was saying. I I swear I thought I was I, I thought he was joking around or something, you know, doing like he sees in the movies and stuff, he started shooting that shotgun from his hip. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, man. He was actually shooting like that for real. And I was like, whoa, when he did that, and I heard, when he told me he was shooting, I go, hold on a second, dude. I go, no, you don't shoot at birds flying in the air from your hip. <laughs> that
1: is crazy.
0: Yeah, man. Dude, I'll never forget oh, that. Yeah, I'll never forget oh, it. Old Wild West style. I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Well, yeah. uh, I got some really fun stuff coming up. Um, obviously, we're, we're in the thick of the holiday season. I hope everybody had a had a great Thanksgiving. I know I I myself packed on a bit more weight as if I needed it. Um, it's. Uh, this is my favorite time of year, man, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. uh, get to go back home to my mom and dad's and have some home-cooked meals. and um, Lots of fun, lots of fun. Uh, looking to go, I'm actually going on two trips coming up. Um, after Christmas, we'll be headed to North Carolina to go see my brother and hopefully get the kids to go see snow for the first time. And while, I'm, while I am up there, I am planning on bringing some Freshwater trout stuff with me just in case, excuse me, I should come across a uh, a fancy trout pond. That would be pretty cool. Um, or trout stream, I guess I should say. Um, but anyhow, and uh, we'll be up there for a couple of days and, and just kind of relaxing and whatever, so the shop will be closed from uh, Christmas for two weeks after, so... Two full weeks will be closed at there at the shop. And in January we're making a trip down to Flamingo. And if anybody's interested in possibly joining us on this trip, there's uh already a few folks that are kinda penciled in to go and we're gonna head down on the second of January and we're probably gonna come back to sixth of January. Um, looking to get down there and do some fly fishing and See what we can't find in and around the flamingo area. So we've got a couple of skiffs going down, it looks like, and uh take a couple of kayaks with us as well. So it'll be a fun fun activity or a fun activity. Fun trip I'm sure. Uh if it's anything like it was the first time we went down there. I know I know one of the first places I want to go is that little that little stretch of flat where you lost that big snook. That,
0: oh yeah. Over by Coop yeah. Bay in that little area going that way, yeah.
1: Yeah, I want to go yep. hit that that little area up over there and then get into Whitewater Bay a little bit, run back up into the uh the backcountry a bit, you know, take the skiffs one day and just go explore. Maybe run out into Florida Bay and possibly go over to Snake Bite. There's just so much to do and I've I've been looking at Google Earth and folks if you don't use Google Earth for your local fisheries your local fishing area. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's. It is probably the most valuable tool that we have as anglers to do our own pre-scouting before you go to an area. Um, you can. You can tell a lot by using Google Earth, especially in areas that are um, heavily tidal-driven, like flamingo. So you know, I, I pull up Google Earth, and what I'm looking at is uh, where's the creek mouse? where do the creek mouths come out into the Gulf or into Florida Bay you know, where's the heavy dumps where you can see that, you know, there's some deep holes and troughs and such that have been blown out from those backwater creeks. Because looking looking at uh looking at Google Earth, it it would appear there's a few areas that we didn't we didn't quite make it to that in cooler weather, you know, should for all intents and purposes hold some fish. So uh you know, pretty interesting. Um and then the other side of it's trying to figure out if we're going to do the backcountry thing one night and just camp out either on a beach or on a cheeky somewhere. Um, really, really looking forward to the trip. Uh, it'll be probably the only big trip I'll be able to do in the first half of the year. So, um, going to do it, do it up, typical uh, dirty half dozen style. <laughs> We get kind of crazy <laughs> with it at night and fish really hard during the day and, you know, see what we can't come up with. So there's that. Uh, got to do some fishing today, actually. Uh, Captain Pat Murphy and myself and Stephen Lester took the old Hell's Bay Whip Ray out and ran it around in the lagoon and uh, went into some, some back country areas that I haven't been to in quite a while and some areas I haven't never even seen before. And that was neat. And uh, only produced one fish for us today. We were throwing nothing but fly. Uh, if we had spinning gear in our hands, I'm sure it would have been on because we saw, <laughs> saw some fish. But as the fly tends to do, it humbles you, and uh, I'm not going to lie. It was tough to see them. A little bit of cloud cover. Water was not – not. it wasn't really dirty. Um, just with the cloud cover, it was just tannic enough to where it made it kind of hard to see. Uh, you know, the fish pop up in front of you. So I got one, one fish on fly was a decent little trout, about 21 inches, um, which is cool. Watched him eat it and all. Um, so that worked out. That's one of my better trout actually that I've sight fished with a fly rod. I've caught some, some nice trout, you know, blind casting with a fly rod, but that was probably one of the nicer trout that I actually watched eat the fly. So that was cool. um, Pat got a couple of turns up on the bow. Lester's pulling us around. Um, I got up on the polling platform and pulled Lester around a little bit. Now here's here here's my thing. I know where I belong on a boat, and it's not on a polling platform. <laughs> not uh-huh. to say that I can't not to say that I can't pull. I it'll take me a little while to figure it out, but I I'm okay. Right? I can get by. But I'm an awfully big dude to be up on a little tiny pulling platform without any kind of backrest or oh, oh crack handles or nothing. And a couple times, almost got yoked off the back of the uh, off the back of the boat, holding onto the the push pole. So I had about enough of that and called it a day. I was like, "All right, I'm done." <laughs> Trying to sit down on the pulling platform without falling off—that was entertaining. So
0: anyway, I all Steve. I saw Steve post up something about um, Getting about him that? being yelled at or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right.
1: So, <laughs> uh, you know how it is, man. When you go out and you're fishing, and and especially now that you you and Alan both fish on the skiffs, you know a bit more. Um, you know how it is when you're pulling along, and all of a sudden, if you're on the bow of the boat, and all of a sudden the fish pops up right in front of you. Oh you're kind of like, dude, you didn't see that coming. Like, you're you're higher than I am. Like, How did you not see that fish there? You know, uh, and, uh, and I gave him a little bit of I gave him a little bit of crap, and and he got all butt hurt. And, no, not really. It was just funny. Um, <laughs> it, it it was it, it was kind of comical, actually. I mean, you know, you got a good group of fishermen when that that can take that kind of abuse and laugh it off and. Move on, <laughs> you know. I mean, honestly, yeah, it was. Uh, I was a little. I was a little harsh on him. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, yeah. "Come on, dude how can you, How can you not see that fish right there?" And he's just like, "Dude, there's no freaking clouds. I mean, there's no sun. There's clouds everywhere. I couldn't see it. Whatever." And, and it escalated to a bit more profanity, but it was it was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can't be. It, it can't be. It can't be as bad as Chris Sensi does when you're on his boat, when you're with him. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the stories. I haven't fished with Chris yet, so but I've definitely
1: heard the stories of you know if you miss a fish, he freaks out on you, or you know if you don't see a fish and you don't call a fish for him, then you, yeah, I heard the stories. Wade says oh, yeah. his family likes the uh, his family likes the Yeti cups, and I'm glad they are enjoying those cups. And thank you, brother, for oh. coming by and shopping.
0: But yeah. Now, that, that, now that you now that you bring up now that you bring up Wade's name, there was one incident like that that I had fishing with him. I felt bad. He probably remembers that time. Me and him were fishing on the skiff. He was on the bow of the boat, and we had a school of redfish that we were on. That must have been, I don't know, fifty, sixty, seventy redfish. Wade is throwing this lure, and I see the lure. I'm on a polling platform, and platform. I see this lure popping on the top of the water and the fish keep on missing it. He keeps on pulling it out. He keeps on moving it while the fish is trying to eat it. And I'm sitting there going, wait, wait! I'm screaming at him, like, leave the face there! You know, yelling at him because when you're on a polling platform and you see that and you see the fish popping it and they're not eating it because he's pulling it, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, what's funny is um, I think everyone has those stories. I think everybody... Who has spent any time fishing with somebody else should have those stories. I mean, like I've got a couple of those stories that would include uh, that would include our our buddy Ray. We were out fishing in the uh, we're out fishing in the uh, in Fort Canaveral. and Ray comes up, and I'm like, look, dude. There's 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 fish right up against the rocks, right up against the jetty. There's there's a giant school of jacks just annihilating mullets. Like you can't you can't miss. And I'm like screaming at him, get over here, man, get over here. And he's like, man. He, afterwards, he's like, oh, are you yell at everybody you're on the water with? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to. Like it gets me excited to see it. You know what I'm saying? And I want
2: I wanted him to
1: experience that. And then and what was awesome is after he finally got on him. Um he started throwing he asked about topwaters. Like, yeah, throw the topwater. Started throwing topwater, started getting jacks on topwaters and he is just hooting and hollering, having a great time. But yeah, I mean I, I get a little I get a little excited sometimes and, and you know, I tend to yell at folks. It's not as bad. Listen, nobody gets it as bad as the guys used to get it on my boat, on my um stamus that I had. Um uh, we'd be out there trolling and we'd miss a fish or somebody would miss a gap shot or whatever. Uh it's much worse. It was much worse. Like I I I literally would have to apologize like on the way home like look dude I'm really sorry I yelled at you like that but <laughs> I mean when when you got a when you got a 25 or a 30 size reel screaming and then you got a good sized fish jumping behind the boat or you know you know you've got a decent wahoo on and you don't put them in, in on the ice and something happened along the way that shouldn't happen there was slack in the line whatever the case would be or even when you're Kobe fishing and you know you. You mess up and miss the fish with the gap and break the line, yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> yeah, I come on button just a little bit, but I will tell you this, going back to Captain Pat's boat, now, I know listen of all people to say something about vessels that are very, very expensive, I don't really have a whole lot of room to talk now that I've got that seventeen, but um, that whip ray is has got to be the best riding flat skiff, technical flat skiff, truly sm- skinny water boat that I've ever ridden on. I mean, that thing, for being as small, I mean, it's smaller than your boat, dude. For for being as small of a boat as it is, oh, yeah. I mean, I cannot believe, we ran back across the lagoon and we come across the channel and we hit a little bit of rough water. Nothing too crazy, but... I never got wet. Didn't beat me to death. I mean, it's a great running boat, man, and runs skinny, super skinny. Pulls really well. poles really skinny. Um, worth every penny. I mean, if I had it, if I had it, it to my name, I, I'd probably end up with one. I'm not gonna lie, um, because it's it's like the perfect two man skiff. It, it, you can fish three people on it, but I mean, for for two people to go and. Have a good time. It's really it's really a nice boat. Um, not taking anything away from Hughes or, or any of the other companies that are out there. But this I'm telling you, that whip ray was just really impressive. I mean, you had three rather large people on that boat today. And for us to be able to have gone where we went to and, and saw what we saw, I was pretty impressed. I mean, I felt bad because I was like the ballast. I was – if they sat me straight in the center of the boat, the boat laid flatter so we can go skinnier, and I felt a little insecure about that <clears throat> a little bit, as Captain Pat kept pointing out that I'm the hefty one on the boat. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. <laughs> but pour another beer <laughs> to increase the beer belly. No, but it was uh, it was a good day. Um, we did see quite a few fish. Um, you know, didn't see a whole lot of boats, which was, in, which was nice. I mean, it's the Mosquito again. It was on Monday, so typically it's not that busy anyway. Um, But I'll tell you what. Our boy there in the chat room, Mr. Randy English, continues to put it down, doesn't he? I mean, every time that Randy goes fishing, I'm not surprised when he comes back with a a stud, you know, and he seems to have the big fish dialed in in our area. I don't think there's – honestly, I don't think there's anybody that – consistently goes out and catches giant redfish like he does on a on a pretty regular basis every time he goes so kudos to you randy i know you're listening um it was a very nice fish he caught the other day so that that thing was
0: 50 inches man freaking (laughs) yeah 15 inches when i saw him put it on that board. yeah when i saw him put it on that thing i looked at it that's where I noticed how big it was. I was like, oh, my God, that thing's freaking monstrous when he put it on the be Yeah, that's where I really noticed how big it was when he put it on the board. Yeah, yeah that's a big well, fish. Well, Randy tends to well, Randy comes into the shop right after
1: fishing that day, and he's all wet. And I'm like, damn, why are you so wet? And he's like, how do you get in the water, man, to release a release a fish? I'm like, oh, did you catch a big one? He goes, I'll put up pictures.
0: <laughs>
1: that's, that's Randy though, man. He's just, you know, I'll put up pictures. Didn't tell us what size of fish he caught. Didn't he didn't, he didn't have to, I guess, but, uh, yeah, congratulations, man. Another, another studly fish for sure. That guy's got him pinned up or something. I'm not really sure exactly what's going <laughs> on with that, but <laughs> it's pretty, it's crazy, man. But,
0: uh, oh, man. yeah, Good old fishing.
1: So, yeah, so we're sliding into the winter season, obviously. The water's cold or cooler than it has been, and uh, it's going to progressively get a little bit chillier. Um, obviously, I don't know if you guys have been following on some of the other uh, social media pages like the Vivard Group or Space Coast Kayak Anglers, but um, our, our sheephead bite's been phenomenal. Uh, Mark Kressick went out and got himself some nice sheephead the other day. Uh, you know, did a good did a great job. I think he got a limit. But uh I don't know. There's a lot of damn yeah. sheephead in that picture and made my mouth water. So um the sixth coming up on the sixth, this this coming Saturday, we have a uh we'll actually have um Captain Alex doing a uh Sheephead seminar, isn't that right, Alex?
2: Yes, it is.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, fresh off his anniversary evening with his with his beautiful bride, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the non facial haired one,
2: <laughs> Alex Drew. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: That's all he got, dude.
2: That's all you got. <laughs> That's what we're working with right now. Mm hmm. Excellent. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down some sheet set fishing. I was actually out uh, with some clients uh, the other day, and we for for the time we wanted to spend doing it, we absolutely wasted them. And uh, it's uh, it's about as good as it gets right now. There's certain reasons for that, and we're gonna cover all that in our little seminar there at noon.
1: Yep, noon.
2: And we have uh, Tammy Wilson
1: and Vicky Celi, uh, Celi, sorry, Salee um, putting on a woman's fishing clinic, ladies-only fishing clinic. Uh, it's a free seminar, on-the-water seminar for folks who want to learn or ladies who want to learn how to kayak fish, how to launch and unload a kayak, and how to go to the bathroom as a lady out there on the water and all kinds of stuff. So, um That'll be a good it'll be a good little seminar. And that's uh it's a small group, you know, they they have a limit of people. Uh, give us a call at the shop or give me a call my cell if you're interested in finding your significant other up for that. Um three two one three oh two sixty two oh four. We can be reached at. Tonight, if you're listening to the show and you wanna call in, you got a Fisher report or something like that you want to give us, feel free guess the call-in number, as always, is 714-816-4727. 714-816-4727. It's really cool. There you go. Oh, and then also, too, after uh, – so we got the Tammy and Vicky thing, then we have Alex. Um, we may throw another seminar in there somewhere between that and then the fly time is going to happen at night um, with Steve Lester from Wallford Outdoors. And then uh, I'm also going to have Derwood Roberts from Adventurous Custom Rods uh, at the shop. And I believe we may have somebody from the Wave Spin uh, Fish and Reel Company who will be there as well doing demonstrations. So uh, feel free to stop by. It'll be a pretty good deal. We're going to have some specials running, of course, at the shop. And uh, there you go. My commercial's over with. Alex, I'm sorry, brother. How's it been and how how has the fishing been? Fishing's been
2: great. Um, I've spent a bunch of time on the water. I'm actually sitting on the shores of the no motor zone right now at cars park. Um, we've been out here for the entire Thanksgiving weekend and, and, uh, we'll be until tomorrow evening. I'm sure. Uh, if we don't end up staying another night, um, it's hard to leave this place, uh, you know, as you can, as you know, <laughs> so, Absolutely. um, fishing. Yeah. Fishing's been great. This East wind, uh, has kind of dirtied up the water over here and, uh, on On the western shore of the no motor zone, um I'm sure the western shore of the uh the mosquito lagoon, I'm not sure exactly where you guys fish today, I'm assuming probably off to the east um and uh I'm sure the west side's a little bit dirtied up over there too but uh the water's been cleaning up nice uh it's tough for it to do with all this rain that we've just had uh you'll notice anywhere there's an outflow or anything like that uh that there's a you know a thin layer of 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 that tame, that stained water, uh, you know, pumping out of there and, and kind of lingering around on the flats around where that's at. And uh, that's holding true for everywhere I've seen. Um, but caught a lot of fish in, the, uh, in uh, the Indian River as of the past couple weeks, and uh, it seems to be holding pretty strong around, uh, you know, around any of the shallow flats with some kind of associated deep water. But it's getting to be that time of year. You know that, bud.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um we were actually talking about
1: flounder a little bit the last couple of days and uh trying to see, you know, when we should start going and looking for flounder within the river system, possibly maybe even doing a uh doing a night excursion with some lights and some very sharp poles and go stick them in their faces. Um, something I haven't done in a long, long time and I'd love to get get after it and see if we could find some. Any ideas on that? I mean, does that sound like something that would be viable this time of year to attempt to do?
2: Well, it is obviously flounder time. I mean, there's, there's you know, they always always push out on these first couple cold fronts and as it starts to cool down in the rivers. Um, you know, I have yet to hear anything. You know, we got that one little pop of, of some decent fish there in Port Canaveral uh, about three weeks ago uh some I think it was about that time. And and that was about it. Uh it seemed to die off and we haven't really seen anything else show up. Uh I would imagine that those areas up north, the Oak Hill areas, you know, off of Seabreeze Park, I think it's right or river breeze, I there, Um, all the backwaters back there are probably starting to get prime time right about now. So I know that it's usually about that you know, these first couple cold fronts. I have heard of a couple of fish being caught uh down in Sebastian Inlet, and uh Jeremy has the habit of going down there and jumping in the water with a mask on, and he said he's seen he's seen some floating around, so uh you know it's definitely the time to do it and uh I'm always down to go try to stick a flounder um you know the port Canaveral's a little bit, you know there's really not a whole lot of bottom that you can get to um and then our river here. Uh, it's pretty, you know, pretty pretty slim pickings to a viable river uh, or a viable area. But, um, you know, we still have them, and, and they're definitely there. And it now is the time. They make their push out in the fall, and, and they go out for the winter and, and go out to the continental shelf and do their breeding. And then they come back in in the spring. So the time to get them is now. Um, you know, unfortunately, the, the seas have been so rough, or fortunately, a lot of times I've found those fish that are kind of the ones that are all over the beaches and, and near-shore reefs tend to maybe get stuck and possibly pushed into the port uh, when we have big surf, and I believe the surf is starting to really kick up and is supposed to over the next couple of days. So, you know, that might be uh, might be even more of an option for people listening. And uh, and for us, if we wanted to go try, try to, you know, hit the slim areas that there are in the port, actually gig uh gig is fun i definitely haven't tried it out of anything like a kayak or uh or even my my thing that i want to try is getting lights onto a paddleboard and and finding somewhere where i can go after them real shallow i think that'd be super fun
1: yeah. yeah that'd be
2: awesome you know yeah something something you could get real up close and personal with and you know have that thing flopping around on the deck of a paddleboard trying to get control of it would be pretty funny too. <laughs> yeah. We should,
1: we should do an experimental, uh, outing with paddleboards with, uh, Will bill and, uh, let him beat up his, but I think he's got a live paddleboard. I think it's a company that he, he's got. Yeah. Ross Yeah, Rasta with one. looking. uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, you know what else is about to happen, too, on the freshwater side of things and low-sodium side of things is the shad run. I can't believe I'm even talking about this. What? <laughs> but what is that? Listen. Listen. For years and years and years, I've just been like, shattered dumb, bass, pfft, whatever. Not time for that. <laughs> but, man, am I addicted to shad fishing now, and it sounds so stupid. Uh, even to the point to where I went out, and I bought a little two two and three uh two to three weight fly setup, so um you know play ultra light fly fishing for these shad should be a lot of fun um, I'm sure there'll be a few outings that you can jump in on if you want to go and do some shad fishing while they come down. See, I'm interested in shad, and I'll tell you why. I just think catching any fish that makes a trip as far as the shad does just to come down here and spawn just sounds awesome. Since we don't have salmon and we don't have freshwater trout species it's like this is like the journey that, that this is similar to the journey that those fish do like on the west coast that are way up north. Um, you know, it's it's definitely something to uh to get out and get after if you if you've never done it just to do it, you know. I mean, to think about, you catch this little fish, first of all, they stink to high heaven, obviously. They're basically a giant pokey. Um, and But they hit flies, they hit little jigs. Um, you know, they're kind of aggressive fish, and they'll peel a little bit of drag, they'll jump like a little small tarpon. But when you finally land one, and you've got this fish in your hands, and you realize that this little bastard has made a trip from... It could be as far away as Delaware or even further north than that, all the way down the eastern seaboard, not getting eaten by <clears throat> striped bass and bluefish and tunas and everything else that comes down along that coast to make it into Jacksonville, into the uh, St. John's River, and then make it all the way down to us, which we're basically, here on the Space Coast, we're pretty much like the cutoff from where these things go south. Um mm-hmm. Sure, they're not as, as, as obviously, as exciting as going out and catching redfish or big trout or or tarpon or snook or anything like that, and obviously they're not as cool as going offshore in a kayak and catching something offshore, but if you've never done it, it's definitely something to do on a day where it's blowing and you're not going to be able to go fishing anyway. That's the beauty of this, is even if it's blowing, you can go and you can do this, um, do the shad fishing, so... I got to thank Tammy Wilson for turning me on to it because I'll be honest, like it sounds so stupid, but it, it really was a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not even going to kid around. like, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Not as much to looking forward to going down a flamingo, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. So
2: <laughs>
1: I have been a fly tying fool over the last couple of weeks. I mean, at work, I've just, I've filled my boat box, my cave boat, my cave boat box full of flies for the trip down to Flamingo. Um, I don't know if there, I don't really have a whole lot of patterns in my repertoire, so to speak. But, uh, what I don't have, I'm sure Steve Lester will have, or Pat, or whoever else is going will have. But, man, this trip, for some reason, guys, I just, I am so pumped on it. Like, this I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? I just cannot stop thinking about it.
2: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it down. I'm not, still not sure I'm gonna be able to. It's looking pretty slim for me, but it's definitely gonna be, uh, you know, an epic situation, uh, especially going down there with with fly fishing in mind and and the way that fishery was, what little we got to experience of it um, as we were paddling or pedaling as hard as we could to get to the next checkpoint. You know, it was uh it was definitely a place to to be able to go there and and do what you want to do and fly fish and search out some of those spots that we just kinda of blew through and I mean the amount of giant carbon we saw rolling around in those channels and snook, those big snook we saw up on that flat that, that we've never even got a chance to get anywhere near again. You know, and and uh, I mean, the amount of redfish that were in those troughs at that height was doing what it was doing when we got up into the snake bite there. You know, there wasn't just the one we got got a hold of real quick. There was a lot of fish in there, and uh, and you know, to be able to go there and and especially on a skiff or, or be able to take the time to go to some of those places in a kayak and and put it down with a fly rod. It's definitely going to be an epic uh, an epic adventure. So. I'm gonna really like be on you about trying to
1: make it, dude. I mean it's gonna be a very affordable trip because we're gonna have we're going multiple vehicles going down. So if everyone just kind of pitches in, it's not it shouldn't cost very much to go. I mean I'm not I'm not gonna be eating ramen noodles every night, I'm not saying that, but I mean we'll 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 I make it, we'll, we'll make it work. I you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I got a fishing pole and a whole bunch of lures and a cast net. I can guarantee I can catch something to eat. So. Oh
0: yeah, but you know,
2: I mean, I think there's there's snakes down there in there. We can grab a couple of those uh, pythons or whatever they are that are are cruising around down there and. I'm sure at night you can find them.
0: I'm sure you can find them at night down there.
1: drive, just drive the roads looking for them to be laying on the concrete. It's still warm at night because it'll be in January, so it'll be a little chilly down there. I learned that tip, by the way. I learned how to find snakes in cold temperatures from my friend Holly, uh, Holly Jones. Uh, Most of you guys know Holly. She's uh, one of the Hobie fishing team members up in uh, Panhandle. Scoop Stan's wife, yep. That woman catches copperheads for fun. Yeah, think about that for a second. Um,
2: but anyhow, yeah, no, the trip. No, she's known for a good spider hunt in the uh, middle of the night in Boondoggle too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, spider
1: hunts with the head- with the headlamps, indeed. Um, there you go. But yeah, looking for uh, looking forward to that. Um, a Python tourney. That actually sounds pretty cool. We should do that. We should all set out on foot. <laughs> we should all set out on foot while we're down there at night after oh no, because that, that's not good. I'll be the one that gets eaten by a damn python.
2: I'm running in my yeah.
1: flip flops and trip and one will come up and just take me out. That sucks. Yeah. But but uh yeah, I mean as far as the game plan for going down there, I think that really it's just try and catch as many species as we possibly can. I mean, it's one of those places that Especially, as Alex said, having a skiff kind of opens up a whole whole other set of opportunities. I mean, if the weather is is just right on, we could travel far out into Florida Bay and possibly find some permit, maybe even find some bonefish. Um, You never know. So hit the backcountry, be able to cover some water, you know, maybe find some tarpon in a creek, go exploring and get lost halfway or Totally get lost if you don't go down there. I have a feeling someone's going to get lost because you're like the human compass, Alex. So, uh, but you know, yeah, right? Be, uh, yeah, like I say, it's going to be a great time, to have I also? Again, if
2: you if you're
1: interested, might want to go down there take a couple of days to head down there. Feel free, hit me up on Facebook, shoot me a message, and I'll give you some details um, as far as camping accommodations. We're just going to do basic camping, and we like I say, we may do. One backcountry night, um, maybe two. I don't know. We might go find ourselves a a sandy beach to camp on, or a cheeky back there in the backwater somewhere. So
0: it could be pretty fun. Pretty epic. You you need to hit if you're going down there like that, Chuck. You need to hit Hell's Bay. You've been wanting to do it. You got to hit. Oh, I'm
1: going. No, I I
0: promise you. That's like. The first
1: thing, let's see, we're going down the second. It's the morning of the third is I'm going to Hose Bay. It's going to happen. I, I mean, we didn't get to, we didn't get to go there last time, and I'm I am going. I'm going to have my picture on that stupid cheeky if it kills me.
2: <laughs> and, you know, it's
1: just, and it's, I know it sounds silly, man. You know, it's like, well, why? What's the big deal? Well, a fishing going into that area from what I'm
2: from what I understand,
1: talking to some people that fish there quite a bit, is really really good. And uh not only that, but the place is iconic. I mean, come on. I mean I I remember as a kid watching Walker Skate Chronicles and seeing Flip sitting out there, uh, in Hell's Bay or sitting by the Cheeky or you see the Cheeky off in the background or whatever. So, you know, it's it's one of those places I've always wanted to get to and, and just say, Yep, I made it there and uh Yeah, there you go. Gonna have to try. So but, you know, I'm, I'm excited about snake bite again because the pole and troll area, uh, what we saw, as Alex said last time we were down there in the hurry up and fish moment of the tournament. Um, if you had a, a full morning to just dedicate to just stocking those fish down there, it could be pretty epic. So, um, not really big on looking for reds, to be honest with you. I mean, we got, hell, we live in like the redfish capital of the world, basically. So, um, I won't turn one down. I won't, I won't not throw at one if one should present itself. I'd really like to get some big snook and find some tarpon of any size to play with and uh, maybe knock a few species off the old bucket list that I haven't caught on fly. You know, it'd be cool to find a creek mouth that's got, like, some small Goliath
2: groupers hanging around it or something like that. But, there you go. You could... Uh... You can certainly uh, lay up a really nice uh, several species of shark on the fly. No problem.
0: Oh,
1: yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm bringing a 12-weight. I'll have the 6-weight,
1: the 8-weight, the 9-weight, and 12-weight with me. And between the other folks that are going, I think we've got a 10 that's going to be on one of the boats, a couple other 8s, a couple 9s, I'm sure. So there's no, there'll be no shortage of fly fishing equipment either. Um should be fun. I, I, actually, I'm I'm trying to convince Will, who again he mainly paddleboard fishes, to get out there on one of those flats and find one of them big lemons or big bulls, and put it and put a fly in his face on the paddleboard. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Film the whole thing. Yeah, and it, but then we got to make him get the. We got to tell him you have to get the fly back, like. <laughs> on the battle board. You gotta get the fly back. Like, the flyback you challenge. The flyback challenge. That's right. Whoever whoever doesn't get the fly back has to cook dinner or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, whatever. It'll be fun. We'll have a great time. But uh there there is that. Because, so, I mean and it, it's kind of it kinda of leads into uh the boondoggle. The next boondoggle will be down in Everglade City. Uh, sorry, Everglade City, Flamingo, and the next, but the next W uh, World, what is it? Adventure Fishing World Championship. Sorry, presented by Native and our buddies over there, Woody and them, um, and John uh, will be in Louisiana. Anybody? Any takers?
2: That will, that uh, one has me has me pretty tempted.
0: Yeah, I've thought of it. I don't know yet. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's quite a I, it's quite a
1: financial uh, financially strapping
0: type of a trip, I think. Because the, see, the problem you know, with me is, yeah. It. I was just gonna say it's one of those trips. It's it you know, if you camp over there and stuff and everything, it won't be so bad as far as lodging and stuff. It's. Main thing is just getting over there, the gas, you know, just the gas and stuff to get over there. But if you do it in a group of guys and you take a trailer with kayaks on it, the whole stuff and everything like that, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be so costly and stuff. My my whole thing about that, you know how, I you know, I fished, like you uh, like, and Alex, I fished that thing since it started, AFWC, yeah. and... Yeah. I like to fish, man. My thing is, I like to fish, and I just have a problem with being a race. You know, I just do not like the whole race thing, man. I, if I like, if I'm going to Louisiana, I want to fish. I want to yeah. fish. I don't want to. Right. I don't want to paddle. You know, and sit there and try to get to another spot as fast as I can, and all this stuff and everything like that. It's a great concept and everything like that, but. In my thing, I if I go to Louisiana, I want to fish, man. That's my thing. I want to fish, so I don't know. That's why I said I thought of it. I thought of it, you know. It's like I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Um, if I, if I were to try and make that trip, I'd have to go a couple of days in advance, like uh, like more than just the day ahead. For a day of free fishing, I'd have to go like four or five days in advance, honestly, because never had ever fished Louisiana, I wouldn't want to be rushed to for my only Louisiana experience to be that, you know what I'm saying? I'd want to have at least that's a couple the, days to yep. go out way, so I don't know, we'll see.
0: That's the, that's the same way of. I feel, Chuck. I feel the same way. That's exactly how I feel. I want my experience to be an experience that I, at least I, you know, I have time to fish. I can do whatever I want over there, that kind of stuff. But, like you say, if you show up a day before the tournament and stuff, I mean, it, you're going to be taking part in it, and you're going to be, you know, fishing, but at the same time, you got to haul butt to the next stop, to the next stop, and everything like that. You're really not going to get to take it in, you know, it's my, right. my way of thinking. I, I want to take it in.
1: Well, and the other thing, too, is, uh, which I think is pretty interesting, um, is the tournament kind of lends itself to create this, I don't know, this, like, obsession with the areas in which you've been to because you didn't really get a chance to uh, to really fish it. Like, for me, when when I knew I was going to have some time off after Christmas, and I knew I wanted to go and fish somewhere really cool, it was a no-brainer. I, I wanted, I've been wanting to get back down to Flamingo since we left because of all the sharks, of all the tarp, and of all the just the, the biomass of fish that we saw while we were down there. Um, what Alex and I did in the backcountry um, when we went pre-fishing, watching you with that one snook, and you know, just knowing that there's that many fish down there, and it is still somewhat of a wild place, you know, I, I got enough of a tease that made me want to come back, and, you know, maybe going back down yep. there, I'll, I'll I'll get my fill, and it'll be what it is, and, um, but Everglades City was the same way. We went down to um, Chukuleski for a boondoggle, and the same kind of thing. While we were down there for a boondoggle, the wind was blowing real hard, and, And we didn't really get to fish it the way we wanted to fish it. We found fish. We caught plenty of fish. Um, But then, uh, you know, we got a chance to jump to the outside while we were down there for the uh, adventure fishing deal. And that was a whole different ballgame. I mean, fishing way out there on the edge of the gulf and on the outside edge around Jack Daniel's key and all that stuff. Um, That, again, that kind of put that, wow, I'd like to come out here sometime on a skiff and, Really explore these deeper edges of these islands and this, that, and the other. So, you know, Louisiana has that opportunity to, to possibly leave that impression on you. But I mean, it's just it's been so talked about in on social media um, as far as Louisiana is concerned. It's been so talked about as as being this amazing fishery when it's on. And I, I know it I know it can be tough, just like anywhere else at, at times. But man, that that wouldn't be a trip that I would be able to say, okay, cool. Well, when are we coming in? We're coming in, uh, the day <laughs> before, the day before basically, um, we'll have to pre fish and then the next morning we're going to wake up and go fish a tournament. You know, now that does, it doesn't really work well unless what we do is we stayed after the event was over with and went back out for a day or so of fishing after that. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, it's just one of those places, man. I think that you'd end up getting you end up getting a little annoyed if you if you had to pass pass by places that you'd want to fish. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, Tammy joined us in the uh, chat room. There, we've got Uno Moss, of course. That's Andrew Mixon, Randy English, Mike Welsh. We have got Wade, the engineer. Uh, A couple of guests there. Guests, if you're in the chat room and you want to join in in the conversation, you can log in using your um, social media accounts, and you can get in there and talk to folks and be a part of the the program there. Um, Yeah, I guess if if I had to say, like, my one serious goal for 2015 is truly to finally get that bone fishing permit off my back. I'd love to. I'd love to accomplish that in 2015, some kind of way. So that's my goal. My goal is, a, a, well, my goal is a trout over 30 inches on fly. Which, by the way, I, we saw one today that was just ungodly large. <laughs> Steve Lester and I both looked at this thing. We're like, my God! I mean, it was, it was so big. I didn't even waste a cast at it. It was just so, so big. Um, he was cruising. He knew where he was going. There was no way he was going to eat nothing. It was just a giant fish. I should say she. But,
2: uh, yeah,
1: what do you got going on for for 2015? I mean, is there any species, Peppy, that you're looking to catch that you haven't caught yet you'd like to get out, maybe scratch off the list, or just any areas you'd really like to go and, and explore and hit for for 2015? Did. Did you set any goals?
0: Um, I actually – yeah, I actually was talking to – actually, Alan and I were talking about it this past weekend. And one of my goals this year, actually, is I don't have a species goal, per se, uh, for 2015. But I do have a goal, I actually just – like we were just talking about, Louisiana. Louisiana is my – it's one of my goals this year. I do plan on going to Louisiana some way, somewhere, somehow – I am going to Louisiana in 2015 and most probably I will do it for a tournament. Most probably it it, it might be the IFA tournament. I don't know, right. but I am planning on going to Louisiana. That's that's my pretty much my goal for 2015 where I want my location where I want to go this year. Right. What about you, Alex?
2: Um, you know, I don't have a you know, a, a a non cop species. Um, but I do want to try to get out there and, and do the tuna thing. Um, I haven't done it in a couple of years and, uh, I really wanted to get out there to the other side. I want to find somebody crazy enough. And I think, I think we have the right people. I just got to talk them into it. (laughs) Maybe I need to just get a, get a bottle of rum one night and get a hold of somebody, uh, a couple of the different people. And, uh, I'd really like to take a kayak out there and try to pull a I don't know how I'd hook one or but I don't know those guys in Hawaii it just makes me it frustrates me to be able to uh to launch off the shore and you know bagging hundred pound yellowfin, hundred plus pound yellowfin, and you know a nice big dolphin um you know I know we can go down south and and get into the sail. I've caught plenty of sailfish it doesn't really you know a mahi is you know it'd be cool to do out of the kayak course um you know but i'd just as soon spend the money and and take a mile offshore boat out and and mothership uh then driving all the way down to uh you know south florida to try to get a you know a pelagic off of my kayak
0: but uh
2: i i'd like to i'd like to for one get back out there to the tuna um and get back out to the other side because uh the, for whoever's been out there, they kind of—it's it, it, easy to understand the appeal. Um, it's hard to understand the appeal of hours driving in a boat mindlessly into the ocean for, you know, for the sake of a fish or two. Um, but when you've been out there and seen what it can do, it's—it's uh, it's pretty awe-inspiring and amazing. And it'd be pretty neat to be able to drop a kayak into uh, into one of those situations and. I don't know what I'd do. Maybe maybe drag a big live bait or a split tail mullet behind my kayak and pedal as fast as I can. I don't know what I'd do, but um, I throw and then I, throw I don't know what and I'd, I'd I do. Plug. That's you know I I think I think if you were able to to come in on the school, um, I think for one you wouldn't push them down like the boats tend to do, um, uh, due to the fact you'd be in a kayak. Um, and we know the fish are there it's It's not hard to figure out where the fish are it's the whole the whole reason you can do it is being able to chase those flock of birds, that flock of birds and and uh you know you can drop a you could drop a kayak in the water and get into them, and yeah, you know a big popper or something like that'd be you know stand up gear in a kayak with a big giant popper and a and a freaked out tuna that'd be a pretty interesting situation the The hardest thing to uh the hardest thing to
1: explain to people about tuna fishing here is that they don't stay still. So that's, that truly is the biggest challenge. So when you do, when you do go out there and you do find a, uh, a school of tuna, the the problem is they're hauling ass chasing after bait fish. I mean, they're not, they do have them somewhat balled up, but in reality, those fish are moving. And, Uh, I heard they put the buoy back out there, the 120. Um, If that's the case, honestly, that's probably your best bet um, for anybody to try and do it out of a kayak because I've I've watched those fish, and and as Alex said, let me tell you something. Uh, Blackfin tunas are cool, skipjacks are great, whatever. When you watch a 60-pound or 80-pound yellowfin blow out of the water, 10 feet in the air after just inhaling a mouthful of bait and it's the sky is almost darkened with the amount of bird life that are crashing into the water. And you got pilot whales showing up and you've got all kinds of like black fins getting away from yellow fins and all that kind of thing. He's, he's a hundred percent correct. There's, there's literally nothing that you can see um, inside of the beaches that will ever compare to that. I mean, it's, the first time I ever did it, uh when what we ran across in my in my buddy's uh yellowfin, thirty six foot yellow fin and uh my we put the lines out, you know, we had a couple of uh we had a couple of bigger stretch plugs, I mean not stretch plugs, but braid mar- marauders and uh we had well so we had two marauders and we were running I think a total of five lines. We had three Ballyhoo out, I think. Um I'm pretty sure that's what we were doing. But anyhow. Uh, I'm sitting there and I'm anticipating what's about to happen and nothing can prepare you for the raw power of a tuna that decides to eat one of those baits and starts peeling line off a of 50 wide. Where you like look over at the reel and you're watching the reel and the rod holder just shake and, Uh, There's no sense in grabbing it because you can't do nothing with it. You're not stopping them. You're not going to pick it up, put the drag to them, and slow them down. It's not going to happen. The only other problem that we have here um, that's a big problem with our tunas out out, offshore is the fact that we have so so many sharks. Um, Wherever the tunas show up, the sharks are there. And I have personally had 60-plus-pound tunas munched right behind the eyeballs in one bite. And, uh, you know, I, I, hell, I had one taken off clean right right in front of the hook. So, and these are sharks you never see. So, hooking one on a kayak and, and being able to land it off our coast out here, whether it be assisted or non-assisted, would be a feat. And, dude, trust when I tell you, Alex, that's something I've been dying to do for a long time. My friends from England who run the Adventurous, they've been wanting to do it for a while, too, Uh you know, so it's just a matter of finding that weather window and and getting after it, you know. But that's what we, that's what yeah. we, that's what we do too, though, is we do throw really big topwater poppers, really big plugs uh, towards the fish. And it, you don't have time to, like, typically work a topwater plug, like chug, we let it sit, chug, let it sit. We're, we're throwing topwater plugs on Stella 20,000s with with tuna popper rods, which are basically like sixty pound class spinner rods, and uh hurling these things as far as you can possibly get them and then just cranking as fast as you physically can with the plugs you're just like doing somersaults over themselves, <laughs> coming through the waves and stuff, and these fish just coming up and crashing it and everything else. And uh but see the beauty of the other side, and I think one of the reasons why it is it would be such a viable tr- uh uh trip for a charter uh, a charter captain to maybe take on would be to take a few kayakers to the other side. Um, is the fishing on the east wall? You know, if you if you're coming back and you've got those weeds stacked up, my God, you nobody who listens to the show has probably ever seen dolphin like the dolphin that stack up on the east side of the Gulf Stream. The most insane thing I've ever seen in my entire life. So it's, it's,
2: it's, fill, it's fill a box dolphin fishing, fill a box with, with 50 of them. It's fill a box with like 12 of them because they're so big. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's an epic adventure. We'll have to try to make it happen this year. maybe
1: For sure. For sure. And the cool thing
2: about the other side
1: is you would think that everything over there is big the one fish that's over there that tends to always be small when people catch it, it's Wahoo. that's usually where you find the smallest wahoo that you catch is on the other side of the Gulf Stream because the bait is just so few and far between. They just don't tend to have the same like inshore all the giant all the giant wahoo that are caught out of Port Canaveral typically are caught around eight A Pelican flats, that kind of thing because they're in there eating kingfish. So You've got an 80-pound walleye that's eating 10-pound kingfish for breakfast, like it's nothing. So, you know, it's 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 the same it's the same kind of thing. I mean, it's just it's you never know, man. I hooked a white marlin one of the trips out there. We had a giant blue marlin in behind the boat and spread one of the trips out there. So, I mean, it, it, it's just it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. The bottom doesn't make a difference. There's no structure you're trying to fish everything has to be found by the way of those birds you use radar to find the birds and you run to the you run to the blip on the radar you hope to god it was actually birds not a boat because <laughs> sometimes you got to run ways to find them but uh mike's asking that's got to be some serious miles from this area yeah you're talking to the east side of the gulf stream <clears throat> somewhere between 70 and 80 miles um just depends on kind of where it's it's fluctuating at and then to obviously the one hundred twenty buoy is kind of self explanatory. It's hundred and twenty nautical miles out of Fort Canaveral, which at that point you're closer to the Bahamas I think than you are to to Florida. So
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right in the northern waters, you know. If you if you head south instead of if you head southeast instead of east, you'll end up in, in the Bahamas. I'm with
1: you though, man. Watching the guys in Hawaii do what they do is 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 pretty awe inspiring, and uh, definitely makes you wish that you lived on an island with a thousand foot of water right off the edge of the beach, where those fish would come in as close as they do for those guys down there. It's just it's insane. It, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me whenever these guys put put up pictures and you know little videos and stuff, but. Yep, we're stuck with shallow water for the most part and you know, or mothershipping. But you know, what's funny is is I think that this sport is becoming a bit like anything else where you know certain groups, certain fisheries, areas, whatever frown upon certain techniques that others might would use, like the whole mothershipping thing. I mean if you if you ask me If if you can't fish in 600 foot of water out of a kayak off of Cocoa Beach because it's 40 miles off the coast, (laughs) Um, and you probably would die trying to do that uh, from the beach, but if you can be assisted out there, dropped in, and then you're on your own and you make it happen, I don't personally see what the big difference is. You know what I'm saying? I don't... I don't care. I wouldn't care, honestly. If, if, trust me, if we make that trip happen and I catch a, a even just a sixty-pound elephant in the kayak, and someone tries to give me crap for being assisted by a boat to get out there and get it done, I'm not even going to lose a, a wink of sleep about it, because at the end of the day, you still have to catch that fish, and put them in the and put in the boat, and not. Well, them that. By a giant that-
2: yeah that that rolls right back into uh what uh what's his name uh the joel kayak angler crazy uh sweet or uh whatever he is uh norwegian or uh they went and did the uh greenland shark or whatever you know yeah yeah he had he had assistance from a boat, but the guy cranked a thousand pound fish off the bottom of the ocean in ridiculously deep water. You know, so does that take take away from it? Of course not. It's an insane thing to do. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, this conversation comes up whenever somebody catches something that's pretty outstanding out of a kayak, and it always comes up. It will always come up. It will always be an issue. Um, I think it's funny how m- most of the publications don't even mention the fish that was hooked and leadered over in the Bahamas at all as one of the best catches out of a kayak, because, I mean, again, going back to that, that was just insane. I mean, I can't even fathom hooking a fish that size on a kayak. I, well, a billfish that size. A shark, I can see it, because, I mean, it's just a shark. It does what it does. But, I mean, a giant billfish that's got a bill the size of a Louisville slugger attached to the end of his head um, it's kind of one of those things, I don't know. I don't know it's uh this last couple of years, man has' really kind of made me sit back and look at the totality of the industry and and figure out you know what what sounds what sounds interesting what what kind of feat would be awesome to achieve from a plastic boat you know when we and there's there's some i think there's some records out there, some legitimate line class records to the i g f a that could be shattered use of kayak because of the fact that there's so little drag for the fish from a boat like a kayak that you know you probably could turn around and land some of these really big fish on much lighter tackle than a guy say sitting in a in a uh in a boat you know what i'm saying be able to be towed around for a while and let the fish kind of exhaust himself and you still crank them up i mean it's it's caught fish it's caught fish for. I don't know. I just want to go down uh, to Flamingo, hopefully catch a couple of fish, kick off the new year right, and, uh, you know, start the 365-day process of nothing but fly rod, nothing but fishing with a fly rod. So um looking forward to it. You know, it's time for a challenge. It's time for something a little bit different spice things up. But I don't know. Let's say you. You got anything else going on there, Peppy? Still
0: with me? No. Um, no, nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing. I like you know. I haven't been fishing much lately. I've been. I haven't fishing at all. Put it that way. We took cutting season in, so. Um, I gotta find time, some time to get out there and stuff and do some stuff, but um. I'll be back at I'll be back duck hunting again on Saturday, so <laughs> uh, this time of the year man it's all it's all hunting, man it's pretty much you know every once in a while, I'll take some time off and I'll hit the water just to take a break from duck hunting and stuff and hit the water and do a little bit of hunting but but most of it is is you know just hunting during this time of the year, and then rolls around january and uh February, and then tournaments start up again, and that's when I'll start hitting it pretty heavy. Yeah. Good deal. Good
2: deal. How about you, Alec? Uh, You know me. I'll be uh, nonstop on the water like I always am. Uh, We got uh, some good fishing coming up, and my season starts to kick up right as soon as uh, the first of the year rolls around all the snowbirds start heading down and and uh the charter charter books are filling up for next year and and uh looking like it's going to be a good one so you know we'll stay on the fish and um it's sight fishing time and that's my favorite time on the lagoons. I uh, love love when the water gets cold and shallow and clear and and uh you know any, any given school A big mullet has, you know, redfish or big sea trout in it and and uh, being able to sight fish some of these fish that we have here on the lagoons is pretty special. And it's, it's probably one of my favorite times of the year for our inshore fishery. Uh, plus we always have a good little pop of uh triple tail coming up actually on this moon. Um, I I was on Facebook while we were here on the, on the air and, and I saw Mr. Lum put some fish in the boat today that kind of made my jaw drop. Uh, so it's, Definitely something I enjoy is that, that wintertime triple tail and and then uh you know the sight fishing the sight fishing for us is where it's at and frankly I can't wait to get a hold of that PA seventeen you got there, Chuck, and, and get it out here and out here on the no motor zone and, and check some stuff out. Black drum. Hopefully we have a good black drum season. Uh the small drum were thick as thieves last year and hopefully we can find some slightly bigger fish. Uh there was only a few few pods here and there of the bigger ones. So hopefully we'll get to another shot of those, and those are one of my favorite fish. You know, there's nothing like those big black drum in in two foot of water. So
1: indeed, <clears throat> I like watching them, man. I just like seeing them. It trips me out. The big, yeah, big you know, and, When they're not shallow stuff.
2: Yeah, they're so they're so uh, they're so clumsy. You know, when they sit there and tail and you know they'll they'll roll over on top of themselves and and uh they're they're definitely a comical fish to watch in the shallow water and and uh they're a blast to catch in the shallow water too you know they they pull hard and, and uh usually don't give up very easy and they're big, you know, so there's never a bad situation
1: yeah, um, I'd like to get a good one this year on fly that'd be fun um, hey, want to say thank the, you the other, real
0: quick to, Go yeah. ahead. No, I just wanna say one thing. The other thing I would like to do this uh winter, Alex. You know, I like to eat, I like to eat these little bugs called shrimp. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, man. Should be around that time.
2: Should be starting out. Yeah, I like Yeah. I would like to it, do that. It's kicking off and um and, uh, last year we had some good, we had some good nights, and then we had some real slow nights, but, uh, it's definitely something, I'll tell you what, there ain't nothing funner than going and going and laying down some shrimp into a bucket, that's for sure, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll down 100% to get out there and do it with you, um, and, uh, it's, uh, you know, haul over, uh, apparently there's been a couple nights where haul produced some shrimp even already this year, and, uh. You know, even some of that stuff. I know. Uh, you know, some of the fun things to do is maybe get up there. That Oak Hill area I was talking about for doing the uh, the flounder gigging is also prime time for getting the shrimp. Um, they're usually not as big up there, but there's usually a lot more of them. And uh, you know, we do the railroad bridge, and we'll definitely get out there and do it one night if you want to, Pep. I need to uh, spruce up my nets a little bit because it is getting to be seasoned.
0: Heck yeah, I'm yeah. down for that, man. Going to the railroad bridge and doing it. What do you
2: say, Chuck? Huh? <laughs> uh, oh
1: yeah, I'm down, dude. I, I love shrimping. <laughs> I used to go, used to go shrimping all the time when I was little, and um, actually, that's when I that's getting into shrimping was the first time I'd ever experienced catching giant sail cats at night. And then, so, let me tell you something: people like to knock sail cats or just catfish in general. I don't I don't hate on anything that will eat a topwater plug in the middle of the night that will pull a bunch of drag and by the way, it's not that bad eating. So um sail cats tend to show up along with that with that uh shrimp run, especially the big ones. So yeah, I'm down. Plus the big redfish and black drum they'll be hanging around too, so um yeah, it sounds like a great time. I I like to go shrimping this year out of the seventeen to be honest with you. I think it'll be pretty cool. But uh I wanna thank Real fast, I got a message while we're sitting here jib jabbing on Facebook from uh, Harold Eckert. Sorry, I probably just destroyed your last name. But uh, appreciate you listening to the show. He's listening all the way up in New Jersey. It brings up a good point. Our app for your mobile devices has not been working, it is down for the moment. Um, I think we're going to be looking into getting it up and going again here shortly, but I appreciate you tuning into the show all the way up in New Jersey. Thank you very much for spreading a little bit of love up there. And, uh, yeah, folks, do me a favor. If you're listening to the show for the first time or if you've been listening to the show for a while on uh feel free to hit us up on, on social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and let us know where you're from. You know, It'll be interesting to see where, where all were heard. I know that, Up until this point, I've got confirmation from 49 states and seven countries. So that's pretty awesome. Definitely appreciate everybody taking some time out on their Monday nights to listen to us talk about fishing. (laughs) Whether it be kayak fishing or fishing from skiffs or what have it. I know this is the kayak fishing radio show, but, um, you know, we fish all all walks of fishing or all styles of fishing, I should say. So, um, you know. If you tune in, I'm sure there'll be something for you that we'll, you can be able to take away from us and maybe use in, in your own fishing uh, trips. Oh, so also yeah. too, I had a question just pop up. The, the fly that I used today for the trout is is basically a uh, it's somewhat of an improved Quan fly. I mean, it's I tied it. The tail section has um, the recipe, if you will. Tail is tied with polar fiber, a pretty big clump of polar fiber. It's tied on a – that one was on a number one uh, mustad hook, a 3407 BT mustad hook. It's, so the tail is going to be polar fiber. I did a collar of two hackles, two different color hackles to kind of give it a little bit of color variation and then a little bit of uh, – Root beer chenille in front of that those hackles to finish off the head with a pair of you know normal medium size uh, bead chain eyes so it did have a pretty decent little sink rate to it but there you go um, yeah that's pretty much all I got guys anything else to add
2: no oh, let's go catch about, no let's go catch a okay. tuna in our kayak. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely gonna have to try and do that for sure. Um but yeah, if anybody has any uh questions for you Alex, how can they
2: reach you? Ah, you can always uh give me a shout on Faceplant or Facebook or whatever you want to call it. Uh it's yeah. it's face Alex Gritsch. <laughs> yeah. Uh face palm. There you go. It's uh it's Alex Gritschke's or Local Lines Guide Service. Uh also got Instagram local lines We've been trying to get Chuck's Instagram going because he doesn't post anything on it for hashtag KBB Outfitters, if you would please add that to your little Instagram posts people. Um, that way people get to see nice pictures of fish and Chuck's stuff because he doesn't post anything. Um, yeah, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and also, of course, um, the good old Internet. Uh, it's locallinescharters.com. If you do look me up on Facebook right now, I have a Cyber Monday deal. It's 15% off. If you don't even go to Facebook or anything like that, if you want to hop on there and uh, on my website and com, and uh, go ahead to the booking page and just uh, send me a message on my booking page for any date, you don't have to actually pick a date that you're going to go fish on. Lock yourself into that uh, by putting Cyber Monday in the comments section and uh, you'll hold on to that 15% for whenever you want to use it. Uh, And uh, and any time, give me a call at 321-480-3255. You want to talk about the fishing, see what's going on, uh, just chit-chat, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, of course, I got to thank good old Charles Levi Jr., a.k.a. Redfish Chuck, for uh, having me on the show and, and doing the show and Everything he's doing there at KBB Outfitters, and uh, of course Kayaks by Bo and, and uh, Mr. Yell at you on the bow of his boat, Chris Cincy, and the and the good old Slayer Inc. Crew. So, gotta give everybody all them guys props.
1: Cool, appreciate that, brother. Nice little shout out to me. <clears throat> Means a lot to me, brother.
2: <laughs>
1: got me got, got me a little teary eyed there, Alex. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> let let me just throw let me just throw this on the back end of it. Um if you haven't and you are on social media, please by all means go to No Fill No Kill. Check out what it's about. There's a pinned post. There's explicit instructions on how to post a letter, where to send it, links where to send it letters that you can copy and paste to send um please help us out we did really good for the first week or so on that no fill no kill and all of a sudden people are kind of kind of losing some steam on it um it's not something that can just sit because uh we only have till December fi- uh December 19th to uh get our voices heard and then uh and then the real decisions happen and we may or may not be losing another piece of water
1: Very good. That's very true. And we
2: gotta
1: light the fires, kick some tires and get people to get back active with it again. So any more meetings coming up that you know about?
2: Um, as of right now, uh, not that I know of. I'm trying to pin down the Port Commissioners actual schedule um to get into any meeting basically and try to get uh minutes on their basically minutes on their uh on their record uh, you know, as much as possible. Um until the uh the surface transportation board does their draft of the uh environmental impact study. Uh once the draft is done then they'll hold some more public meetings uh and make sure that, that we're satisfied, which I doubt I will be, but um <laughs> they can try I guess. Um and uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, it's certainly not over, and there's a lot of different ways you can help. By all means, if you want to understand how to help, if you want to, give me a call at my personal phone number. You can get a hold of me through Chuck or through Facebook, like I said, um, any way you can, uh, and, and I'll, I'll help you out in understanding how and, and how you should help out because every little bit helps. I don't care if you're talking to your congressman or your neighbor or your aunt. Um, you know, you never know who's gonna send the letter that that fits the scale. So
1: there you go. Very true. And you keep fighting a good fight, man, you always do. You're it's actually entertaining to watch you uh make people in business suits sweat when just from you just showing up, so pretty cool.
0: Pretty cool, pretty cool. Well, it's Monday night, football's on. I know we're
2: going to do our thing here in just
0: a second. Uh, you there? Yep, I'm here. Well, I think we lost Chuck, though. <laughs>
2: uh, we did. We dumped Chuck. I
0: think we did. I think he was in the middle of talking. And I think we at the sort of it got cut off. <laughs>
2: Well, let's let's since we're we're at the end here, Peppy. Let's round it out. Um, is there any lovely sponsors that you would like to thank for all of your uh, helping out in all your fishing endeavors and hunting endeavors oh. and endeavor endeavors?
0: Man, you know what? I think I got a couple. You know, I got a couple. I got to <laughs> thank here. You, you know, just a couple. Let me go through oh, them real quick. Hey, I, yeah, I like to thank uh, Native Watercraft. Harry Goods Outdoor Shop, RCI Optics, Power Pole, Slayer Inc. Lures, Sea Deck, TFO Rods, Aquabound Paddles, Hook One Kayak Fishing Gear, Yak Attack, Paling Toads, KBB Outfitters, Kayaks by Bill Herrera, Stelly Cigars, Ram Mounts, Columbia, and Kayak Fishing Radio. Can you hear me? Few, you, know, we got you now, man. I was just going You're to say We thought we lost you there yeah, for yeah, yeah. for a little little bit. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, no, what I was going to say is I want to thank uh, all of the the significant others that sit back and allow folks to listen to the show each and every Monday night and don't get aggravated by their husbands or wives sitting at a computer listening to us talk. Um, it it was funny because I just got another message from Harold who said that his wife Debbie uh, kind of bugged out when I told it when uh, he heard about the, when she heard about the shout out or whatever. So to Debbie, to anybody else who's listening, um, of course, to to Alex's wife and Peppy's wife and family for putting up with the fact that those guys helped me out with the show. My wife, of course, has been, you know, uh, I don't know how in the world I've got away with it for this long, but uh, anyhow, it's uh, it means a lot to us that you guys tune in and listen and, uh, you know, let's keep this thing rolling. Hopefully, we can do a whole another year. We've got some... Pretty cool stuff coming up for next year. We've got some sponsors, I think, that are about to jump on board with the show, which will add some value to the listeners, give you guys something to tune into. We'll be able to give away some more prize packs and things like that. Uh, those went pretty well the last couple times we did those. So, And if you're Tammy Wilson and you don't have a husband, thank you, Tammy, for spending the time and uh, listening to our show. So, whatever. <laughs> can't, have, can't have Tammy freaking out on me. Sixty seconds left. The lady just told me in my ear, I gotta do my sponsored thing. RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Hobie, of course, uh, Real Adrenaline, Energy Drinks, Egonets, Eno, Adventurous Custom Rods, Jerwood, Roberts, build some awesome tuna sticks, folks. So if you're in any region where there's some tuna, or really anything that swims, he can build you the rod that you need. Power poles, Slayer ink, lures, bending branches, paddles, and Tova cameras, and of course, need that be dropping, hopefully dropping off the uh, 17, to C-Deck, sometime this week. I was hoping to do it today. Um, got caught up in doing some other stuff, so hopefully maybe tomorrow. So, anyhow, with that being said, have a great week. Take kid fish to the future of our sport. We have 10 seconds left. God bless everybody and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. Looks like Find the music. There's the music. Peace. <laughs>